If I knew the history of the world, would everything make more sense to me, or would I just lose my mind? Jeff Mangum One day, Jeff Mangum walked into a bookstore and was pulled to the back. On the shelf was a copy of a book he'd known about, but had never actually given much thought to. He bought that copy of A Diary of a Young Girl, then spent the next two days reading it. Afterwards, according to his words, he completely flipped out. The story of the young Anne Frank and her tragic death in a concentration camp during the Second World War consumed his mind. He began to have dreams about finding a time machine and saving her from her dark fate. This obsession stayed with him as the band began recording their first album in the summer of 1997 at Pet Sound Studio in Denver. Once again, Robert Schneider was brought in as producer. They lacked the money to afford the fuzz boxes and distortion pedals needed to give the music that sound that Jeff wanted. But using some complicated studio trickery, Robert was able to give the album its heavily distorted but quote, warm quality. The songs themselves are relatively simple, but Jeff's acoustic strumming is supplemented with a variety of quirky instruments, including accordions, cheap horns, banjos, bagpipes, singing saws, and whatever else the band could get their hands on. The catchy three-chord folk is broken up by funeral dirges, random punk explosions, tape experiments, and Balkan folk breaks. It's a wild, varied listen, and this approach would influence countless followers. Experimentation aside, it's Jeff Mangum's words and the way he sings them that's the true star here. The lyrics are strange and cryptic, feeling like snippets of dreams, with vivid images set in a strange world. I'm personally not a lyrics guy. But something pulls me into these. It's filled with these disconnected, concrete images featuring strange moments from low-class southern life, coming of age, young love, mixed with his unhealthy obsession with Anne Frank. The running motif of mourning for the young teenage girl and the album Sweet Like Quality push some to suggest that it's a concept album, but this is something that Jeff denies. Overall, very little of it makes sense. But it's all so weird and surreal, it just feels meaningful. So many fans have dedicated countless hours to dissecting these songs. But as Jeff has said, 90% of this was just him screaming nonsense into a tape recorder. The rest was songwriting. Whatever approach he took to making this, it worked. Jeff pushes his nasally voice to the breaking point, jumping out a key at times. For many, his voice is the biggest obstacle to liking this. For others, like myself, it's what makes it work. It gives the impression of a man teetering on the cliched precipice of madness. There's something so effective about it, turning an essentially two-chord song like Oh Comely into this deep emotional experience, like a tape was recording his heavy heart. He kills it so hard in this track that if you listen closely, you can hear one of the band members yell holy shit towards the end of the song. Now it might be strange to claim from the vantage point of history that the album was only a modest success. Before every band of the early 2000s started dropping their name, before Pitchfork called it the fourth best album of the 90s and Pace the second best, before Amazon hailed it as the second best indie album of all time, before Spin named it one of the hundred best albums from the 20 years between 1985 and 2005, this was just another album by a rock band on an indie label. It had a print run of 7,000 copies, which they easily sold, and they had enough of a following that they were reviewed by Rolling Stone, who awarded the album a respectable 
three stars. Jeff was finding himself doing radio spots, interviews, and larger publications. The band had taken off enough that they could even tour the UK and Europe. It seemed like their star was on the rise. Jeff would joyfully talk of his plans to convert a mobile home into a giant organ, and travel around the country with other Elephant Six musicians and just play this organic, pun intended, music in public squares. Then out of nowhere, he disappeared. Fans waited patiently for a new album, a new song, anything, but they were answered in just silence. R.E.M. offered the band a supporting spot on their 1999 tour, but they were politely turned down. Journalists asked for interviews, but were denied. Bands started to sound like them. Indie groups were dropping their name in interviews. Accordions and trumpets and saws were becoming cool. Balkan folk was a buzzword, but still, no word from the enigmatic songwriter, and the legend grew. Neutral Milk Hotel never officially broke up. They never released a statement. The other members just started working on other projects, but Jeff was MIA. All the fans had was this album, which ended with the sound of a man setting down his guitar and just walking away.